God, thank you that you are sovereign over us, uh, that our lives are in your hands, uh, that nothing is out of your control. I pray that you'd speak through Michael, uh, that you'd speak through your word, uh, that you'd open our hearts just to receive it. Uh, I pray that you just change us this morning, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The last two lines of that song, you are... The last line, you are sovereign over us, if it wasn't for the line before that, um, that might seem a little scary. Uh, But he is faithful, and he is perfect in love, um, and therefore his sovereignty should bring great comfort to us and not any fear. We are in the middle of a a series on Colossians this morning, and you can begin turning there Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, and if you need a bulletin, Bo would be happy to get those to you while he's doing that. Just a reminder, we finish uh, today after kids' time and adult time. We're eating lunch. Even if you didn't bring anything, please stay and enjoy some fellowship with us. There should be plenty of food. Uh, We can enjoy some time eating together and fellowship with one another. Uh, When we finish in here this hour, a couple of different things, elementary and preschool are meeting all together. Is that correct? That's right. And they're going to be in the back room. There's a special treat today. And then if you're a elementary or preschool teacher, you will be meeting out here. Is that right, Debbie? Y'all are meeting out there? Uh, we're going to start all together in the preschool room. You're going to start all together in the preschool room. Teachers. Okay. So all the kids will be in the elementary room after this hour. All the teachers will start in the preschool room, and then you'll get further instructions from there. Is that clear? Everybody know where you're going? And we'll still have in the youth room, the old youth room. It's not really a youth room anymore, I guess. I don't know. Our uh, adult class will continue talking about the Holy Spirit, and there will still be time of prayer in the back, and our youth will meet in here. And then at some point in time, we'll rearrange, and maybe the kids will do that for us and set up tables. Maybe. Think they might do that? Eat on the floor. Eat on the floor. That's right. If you have uh, something that needs to go in the main newsletter, please email me that today or tomorrow. I would appreciate that. So there is an outline in your bulletin. We are in Colossians chapter 1, and we will start in verse 24 this morning, where we did last week, and go through 29. I read this morning a passage out of uh, Ephesians talking about husbands and wives. Um, how many of you dads have daughters in here? You have a daughter. That's a, most of the dads in here have daughters. Not all, but most. Um, one of your responsibilities is that one day you will have the privilege, hopefully, of taking that gal by the arm and walking her down the aisle towards some guy in a penguin suit. And it's your responsibility as dad of that daughter to prepare her for that day. Whether or not he's a goon in a penguin suit or not, it is your responsibility to present her, as Paul said, God presents us to Himself in splendor, holy, and blameless. Your job is to teach her and encourage her and 
mold her so that when you present her to that other man, he can then carry on, hopefully, what you have poured into her life. Now, when you do that, you don't just start at the back of the church and say, all right, dear, good luck. I'm going to sit back here and let her go on her own. No, you walk her down arm in arm, and then you physically stand with her and present her to that man. It's not a presentation from afar. It is a presentation side by side. You're with her. Now, I know a lot of you aren't men with daughters out here. Some of you aren't even married. Some of you are ladies. But what's interesting is in the Christian life, we all have that same responsibility in another area. You don't have to be a dad of a daughter to have the responsibility of you're supposed to present someone to someone else. That's what we want to look at this morning. First, we've got to back up, though, because last week we talked about uh, what a servant actually is. Uh, And we said that, first of all, a servant or Maybe your translation says minister in verses 23 and following. That's not the same word that we think of a minister today. That's not a pastor or a teacher. It's simply the servant that Jesus talked about in Matthew 20. It's someone who does something for someone else. And so we all are called to be servants. And the reason this passage is important to us is when we're called to do something... We should do it to the best of our ability. And if we want to do that, we should look to someone who does it well. And so as Paul talks about how he is a servant, we want to look at that. We want to go, I want to model that. And so last week we looked at two parts of what it meant to be a servant. Uh, We looked at the price of being a servant, and that's suffering. Uh, You may not suffer like Paul suffered physically, but... To be a servant calls us to sacrifice, calls us to give of ourselves, to give up of ourselves. Maybe time, maybe money. It may be a physical harm. read a story this week of uh, an assistant coach at the University of Nebraska who's very outgoing about his faith, speaks at lots of places, um, and because he's a high-profile coach, And because he's a high-profile Christian, there are some people who aren't very happy about that. And they've called for him to either be fired or resign because they think that he's representing the university as he proclaims his faith and as he talks about football. He says, but I'm I'm not going to back down. So there are people who've suffered a lot worse than losing a job for their Christian faith. Just an example of being willing to suffer to serve those around him. The second thing we talked about uh, that's important about being a servant is that we all have a proclamation. You don't have to be a, a teacher or a preacher or any kind of minister at all to proclaim the truth because God has gifted all of us in some way to come alongside someone else in our life and proclaim truth to them. And that truth really is the gospel. Paul calls it Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
That's the gospel. And that's our responsibility, Paul says, to teach and to admonish one another. And those words, teach and admonish, are not reserved for people who are just pastors and teachers. We talked about last week that those words, the majority of the uses of those words in the New Testament are to the church in general. It's our job, all of our jobs, to teach one another, to admonish one another the truths about Christ, that the God of the universe dwells in us. And that has to be where we start as we seek to live out the Christian life, as we come alongside one another to encourage and challenge. As a servant, are you willing to proclaim that truth And so this morning we want to continue that because that's not all that we see from Paul. In fact, there are two other points we want to look at this morning. Number one, as a servant we have a purpose. And number two, as a servant we get power from somewhere. So would you follow along as we read beginning in verse 24? We're going to go over those verses again. This morning we're going to focus mainly on verses 28 and 29. But Colossians chapter 1 beginning in verse 24. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God, bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God, that is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God will to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim Him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to His power which mightily works within me. Would you pray with me, please? Father, as we look at Your Word this morning, I pray that You would teach us that you would make your word real to us. That by your spirit, we would um, hear it, not only with our ears, but with our minds and our hearts and ultimately our wills, that we might do your will. That we might be the kind of people you've called us to be. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. The, uh, the purpose of a servant is to present every man complete in Christ. That word present, it's the same word that when we, we talked about when we want to present that bride to that groom. The idea is not that we spend time with people and we encourage them, we talk to them, we tell them about Christ, we let them go. It's that, it's this picture of we stand before God with our arms around that guy and we say, look God, here we are. We made it. We're here. And it's not just that we're here and we've kind of crawled under the door as it was closing. Closing, God, we're here holy and blameless. We've arrived. Me and this buddy of mine that we've poured into each other's lives, we have arrived. We're here. I'm presenting him. He's presenting me. We're presenting one another to God holy and blameless. That's the picture that Paul wants us to see. I picture in my mind this group of believers one day standing before the throne, arm in arm, arms around shoulders, with others that aren't here. 
God, here we are. We did it. It was a struggle. It was hard. It was frustrating. There were times that that I wanted to choke this guy instead of love him, but by your grace, here we are. We're presenting one another to you, holy and blameless. We persevered. We didn't let deceit, we didn't let lies, we didn't let misunderstandings, we didn't let the frustrations of life get us down. And God, here we are. I have that picture in my mind of us doing that, but for that to happen, it has to happen today and tomorrow. It has to happen as husbands and wives encourage and love one another. How many of you are in high school? Raise your hand, high school kids. It happens starting with you now. Are you spending time in God's Word enough to know how to encourage one another with the truth of the gospel? And are you building relationships now? Are you coming alongside your brothers and sisters now, developing that habit? How many of you are in in junior high? Raise your hand. The same is true for you. You don't have to wait until you're in high school open up the Word and read it. You don't have to wait till you're an adult to say, okay, now I can start living the Christian life. You have friends sitting in this room who need your encouragement right now, who need to be taught and sometimes admonished with the truth of the gospel. Hey, friend, you've taken your eyes off Christ. He's glorious and majestic. If you return your eyes to Christ, you'll walk in a way that pleases Him. How many of you are in elementary school? Raise your hand. Or elementary. It's not too early to begin thinking about, is there a kind word that I can say to someone that's my friend? Can I remind them of how good God is? Are you spending time reading this book? You can read. I know a lot of you read lots of things. Is this part of what you read? So that even now you're beginning to internalize those truths of the gospel. So that God is glorified and so that your friends are built up. What would it look like, those of you in elementary school, if you got that picture in in your mind, one day I'm going to stand before God and will I stand before God with my friends, with my arms around them and say, God, here we are. We have fought this fight for years and years and years, and here we are. Now, if our kids can do that, for those of us who are adults, are we doing that as well? Are we living that life where we're not afraid to stand arm in arm with the purpose of, I want to present my friends to Christ whole and complete? a vision that I have for this body of believers that we would do that, that we would present one another whole and complete in Christ. We do that not by, as we've said before, giving someone a list of rules and say, okay, here you go. If you do this, you're going to be okay. 
It involves relationship, and it involves the truth of the gospel. It involves grace. We will not grow. We will not mature by having someone hand us a list of rules and say, here, check these boxes. It is the light of the glory of the grace of God that allows us to be free to respond to Him in love. But, but you don't know me, see? I, I struggle. I struggle even back last week. Sometimes I don't want to pay the price. I struggle being a servant because I'm selfish. And so I don't know that I can even accomplish number one, much less two, three. And, and I feel inadequate to teach and admonish someone. I feel inadequate to, to come alongside someone sometimes. And certainly if you knew my thoughts and you looked at my life, how am I supposed to present someone complete and whole when I'm broken and fallible and frail? Right? Didn't Jesus say I need to take the, the speck out of my own eye before I take the log out of someone else's? And I'm, I'm still trying to find all those specks. They're in there. And if you feel like that, Paul has really good news in verse 29. For this purpose, right, to, to pay that price, to present that proclamation, to present one another before Christ holy and blameless, for this purpose also I labor, striving according to His power, which mightily works within me. You see, we need power to do that, and that power comes from resurrection powers. Well, that's not in here. It doesn't say resurrection anywhere. What's interesting, that word striving, it's a word that means competing in a contest against someone, or it's also used often in battle language with a weapon. What's interesting is both in Ephesians and in Colossians, Paul uses that exact same word, to talk about the power that God used to raise Christ from the dead. That power, for this purpose also I labor, striving according to His power. That's the weapon that Paul uses in this fight. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, Paul talks about that same power. It's the power that God used to raise Christ from the dead and that is what's available to us to accomplish the task of being a servant. You don't have an excuse to say, I can't do it. You're right. You can't do it. But Almighty God, who is sovereign over all and who loves us and who is faithful, says that same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to you and I to pay that price, to be willing to suffer. To open this book and learn some things so that we can proclaim truth to one another. And to desire, even when the world pulls us in a thousand different directions, to desire to have the purpose of presenting one another complete in Christ. We can't do it on our own. It's the power of the resurrection that does that. 
we've been talking about not thinking outside the box. Part of the problem in the Christian life is we want to figure out how we can do it. We want to figure out what it's going to take for me to to live the Christian life. And we've said over and over again as we've been talking about Colossians, it's not about you. It's not about what you can muster up. It's about what Christ has already done. It's the truth of the gospel. It's that light that shines and continues to shine. Are we willing to rest in the fact that God has, number one, cleansed us from all sin, but that that same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in us to simply come alongside someone to encourage them. To come alongside someone to help steer them back on the path. To show them the light. Hey, you've been distracted by something that's not near as bright as the gospel. Can I remind you of who Christ is? The one who created everything and yet is intimately acquainted with His church as head of the body. The one who is Lord over all because He made it all is the one who promises that we too will be resurrected from the dead. It's not complicated. But in our weakness, in our own failings, in our easily distractedness, you and I need to be reminded of that truth. That the God of the universe, the one who is sovereign over all, is faithful and perfect in love, as we sang. And it's through His power, through His ability, as we trust in Him, as we... And Paul says he labors, he strives. He's willing to put one foot in front of the other and say, God, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm willing to be faithful. I'm willing to open my mouth. I'm willing to talk to people, even if they don't want to listen. I'm willing to proclaim truth. I'm willing to come alongside my brothers and sisters in Christ and say, this is the truth. Will you walk in it? So he he takes that step of faith, but every time he puts his foot down, it's on solid ground. And that's what it means when we work together. It's It's that tension that we see all throughout Scripture where we work and yet it's God who works in us. As Paul says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling For it is God who works in us to will and to act according to His good pleasure. So we take those steps of faith. What I want you to do is I want you to be willing to be a faithful servant. And to be willing to be a faithful servant requires us to, number one, as we work backwards, To trust that His power will do it through you. To look to that goal of, I have a purpose in life, and it's to present my brothers and sisters in Christ complete and holy. To do that, I have to proclaim a message. And that's the gospel. That's the truth. And I have to be willing to pay the price. Because that message requires suffering. If you'll do that, if you'll do that in reverse order, if you'll begin with trusting in His power and then are willing to take those steps, you will become a faithful servant. 
And that's what I would love for us to do. I still want you to, to have that image in your mind of us standing all together one day, arms around one another, saying, God, here we are. We struggled. Sometimes we fought and bickered. Sometimes there was misunderstanding. But we didn't give up. We persevered. And God, here we are. This little body, holy and blameless, because of what you've done in us, here we are. As brothers and sisters in Christ, ready as a bride. Arrayed in splendor and holy and blameless for our groom, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We're going to pray, and as we did a couple of weeks ago, I want us to, to spend some time praying about several things. And I'm going to lead us, and I want you to um, just pray silently as we respond to what God has um, spoken to us through His Word. Father, we thank You for today. We thank You for Your grace and Your mercy and Your love. But God, we are powerless and helpless to do this. So, God, we ask that you would um, strengthen our faith, that we'd be able to step out trusting in you. Um, would you take a minute where you are um, and just thank and ask God, God, what's the first step in me being a faithful servant? Is it a matter of trust? Is it a matter of, of knowing your word better? Is it a matter of finding someone who needs to be encouraged and being willing to come alongside them? Is it a matter of just me opening my mouth? Would you take a minute and ask God what your first step needs to be? Second, everyone in here has relationships. You may be a spouse, a parent, a sibling, or a friend. From, from those of you in elementary school all the way up, everyone in here has relationships. And those relationships need you. They need you to present the gospel. Not to your friends who are believers, we need to continue to hear the gospel. So would you take a moment and would you pray, God, which one of my friends need encouraging words? And would you pick someone in your mind, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a kid, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a friend. Would you pick someone in mind and would you right now pray for them? Because as, as we started out, Paul presented the truth, but then he knew that was hard, and so he prayed for them. You may open your Bible, and you may look again at that prayer in Ephesians 1, beginning in chapter 9, I mean, verse 9, uh, Colossians 1, verse 9, and maybe you pray those words for someone in here this morning, but would you do that? Would you pray that they would keep focused on the gospel, that their lives uh, might honor Him? Would you do that, please? And finally, would you take a moment and... Just praise your Heavenly Father who chooses through His goodness and His mercy and His grace to equip you, to allow you to be a part of a body like this, who chooses to grant to you the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Would you just respond to Him in praise and thanksgiving? And gracious Father, we delight in your goodness. Father, we praise you for 
your abundant gifts. Father, your name is to be blessed because you have chosen to bless us. We praise you for your holiness. We praise you for your goodness. We praise you for your grace. We praise you for your justice and your mercy. We praise you for your faithfulness. We praise you for the gift of your Son. We praise you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We praise you for our righteousness that we have through the cross. We praise you for our justification. We praise you for the process of sanctifying us. We praise you, God, that even now in your perfect plan, we are seated in the heavenly places with Christ. We adore you and we are thankful for you and we love you. And God, we, uh, we look forward to what you will do in and through us. Not only today, as we continue to sing, as we continue to fellowship, as we continue to learn, as we eat a meal together, but God, we look forward to what you will do in and through us in the coming days and weeks as we become faithful servants and live out what you have called us to be. God, I look forward to that day when we can stand before you as a body and worship you together with these, my brothers and sisters in Christ. So God, we praise you for making all those things possible. And we do ask these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen.